May the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. Please be seated. <clears throat> well, good morning to everyone. You know, it was really um, a blessing uh, on my spirit to hear everyone saying uh, Psalm 23 there in, in unison. It was just um, an unexpected surprise uh, for this morning. We have a lot of wonderful scriptures with us today here on um, what could be called Good Shepherd Sunday. We have uh, the Acts of the Apostles, which gives us a story of the, the outlaw church, if you will, the church that is uh, being brought before the authorities for getting in what, uh, what uh, John Lewis would have called good trouble, healing and bringing redemption to someone. We have, the, of course, uh, Psalm 23 and the great consolation that that psalm has brought to so many people for thousands of years. We have the epistle there of John talking about love and extolling its virtues. All of these sort of bringing us back to the gospel, pointing in that direction to Jesus Christ, the one who has been rejected but has become the cornerstone, the center of our being, of our faith. He comes to us today boldly stating his identity, clearly declaring his mission, imposing Two challenging questions for us. What does it mean? What does it mean to lay down your life? And must it entail the ultimate sacrifice? First, his identity. I am the good shepherd. He says, reaching back with an image that goes to ancient Mesopotamia and the kings and their relationship to their people. King as shepherd. People as sheep. And also contrasting himself with the worthless shepherds that we find in Ezekiel chapter 34. If you go into your Bibles and look in that passage, there, there you will find God condemning the worthless shepherds who have not fed the people, but instead have fed themselves, who have let the people be scattered and have not gone in search of them. So Jesus is saying, I am not those shepherds, I am the good shepherd. God stood against those shepherds. And so by the incarnation sends us Jesus Christ, a shepherd after his own heart. This is his identity. I am the good shepherd. And he claims that. His identity and his divinity using two words. Two words that pop up again and again in John's gospel when Jesus is stating himself. Each time he attaches these to a metaphor or a symbolic act that has occurred. I am the light of the world, he says, right there before he gives sight to the man born blind. I am the resurrection and the life, he says, before raising Lazarus. And calling him forth from the tomb. I am the true vine. We will hear him say next week. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Not the hired hand who runs away. But the good shepherd. Who lays down his life for the sheep. Why? To show us the depth of God's love. 
What was it that we heard said just a few moments ago? We know love by this, that he laid down his life for us. Our good shepherd also has a mission that extends beyond his first followers. There were outsiders who had to be brought into the flock. And this was not a choice on his part. It was a necessity as much as part of his life as his crucifixion. You recall he often says the son of man must be handed over to the scribes and the Pharisees. And so too he says to us today, I must bring in those who do not belong to the fold in which God has placed me. Why? So there will be one flock and one shepherd. Brothers and sisters, the gospel says that we have one shepherd But we can ask the question is whether or not we see ourselves as one flock. Do we, do all of us, no matter the denomination or the lack thereof, see ourselves as one people, led, sheltered, and strengthened by Jesus Christ, the good shepherd? After all, that is what he wanted. That's what he tells us in the gospel. Perhaps that is why our great prayer begins, Our Father, who art in heaven, rather than my Father, who art in heaven. We are already one flock, one family, brothers and sisters in Christ. And that is something every Christian should remember and cling to and proclaim against all of the forces and powers that that pull us towards division and, in the worst cases, animosity. I'm told that even, even the Proud Boys pray, say the all farther. Question would be, when they see me, do they see a brother in Christ? And the same question is laid on my heart. When I see them, do I see them as a brother in Christ? These powers are always warring against us and warring against the faith. One of our ancient scholars of the ancient church, a gentleman in the name of Boniface Ramsey, says this about division that has riven the church For thousands of years, schism, the fracturing of ecclesial unity, is always characterized as a breach of love. And as love is the greatest of virtues, so schism is the worst of vices. We must not take our divisions too lightly or matter-of-factly. We must not nurse our differences so intently that we forget who we are and whose we are. We belong to Jesus Christ. I know my own and my own know me, he said, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. But not only does Jesus lay down his life, he also takes it up again. He dies and is re-resurrected. He is Good Friday 
and Easter Sunday. He is the cross and the empty tomb. The power of God set loose upon the world to free us from all that holds us captive, to redeem us and to set us free. In this life, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, he says. But I came that they, that you may have life and have it abundantly. When he talks about laying down his life, he is talking about the cross. Yet for us, what does it look like? I believe laying down our life need not mean only the ultimate sacrifice. I'm talking now about the personal level, the challenge of laying down one's own life. Next week, we'll talk about the corporate nature and challenge of this. But for right now, for right today, I can tell you that I know of a man who is in the process of laying down his life. He is setting aside his comforts to be with a family member in need. And he is hoping for a resurrection that his sacrifice will lead to new life, a new understanding, a new relationship, because that's what it means to be a good shepherd, to be a shepherd of someone you're in relationship with that person. A relationship, and that's what he's hoping for. And brothers and sisters, when I speak of this person, this is not to extol him as doing something heroic, something beyond the pale, but it is an act that is born of love. And again, we turn to the first epistle of John, slightly, slightly amended. Little children, let us love not only in word or speech, also in truth and action. All over the world, people are laying down their lives, giving up their careers, moving across country or across town, denying themselves to be the good shepherd modeled by Jesus Christ. Perhaps in your own experiences, you don't have to imagine the consolation and the comfort that this brings. Perhaps you have been the wounded sheep or the lost sheep. Perhaps you have been stolen by fear and then rescued by divine love made real in the presence of one who cares, one who dares lay down his or her life for you. Again, I say this is not heroic. This is happening all the time. And in this parish, it is happening all the time of you laying down your lives for each other. In a few minutes, we will have these baptisms. There will come the question, will you who witness these vows do all in your power to support these persons in their life in Christ? The challenging question, will you do all in your power? Will you, when the call comes unexpectedly, be the good shepherd? The people are called to respond, we will. We will, even if it means we must lay down our life and set our wills aside, just as Jesus Christ did. For us, 
He is the good shepherd. He knows his own, and he's laid down his life for his sheep, for me and for you. Amen.